You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have our second listener roundtable. And I'd say annual listener roundtable, but the last one occurred four years ago in 2009. Chris, who did we feature then? Well, a bunch of names, uh, Gene, that we don't uh, see around the forums anymore. Brandon D., Dusty, Farusha, uh, good old Skyler, who pops in occasionally from time to time, and Skunk Ape, that smelly guy. Yeah, interesting about how things change and how those people disappeared. I hear from one or two of them by email. But I think I'm going to ask all of you this as we go on, that when you're an active, intense participant in a forum, after a couple of years, you sort of burn out. And then, of course, some of us, of course, get we ban you. Like, <laughs> for example, we have somebody online now, whom we'll introduce in a moment, who has been banned at least once. But that's true for another guest we had recently, our resident skeptic, Lance Moody. He's been banned, I think, twice. And amongst our crew, and I'll introduce them, they'll be known by their usernames and their first names. Whether they want to give you their last name is up to them. We have Sandenfire, who's Jeff. I'm going to have to ask him how he got that name. We have Randall, known as Ufology. And we have Pixel Smith, known as Dean. And we have Gog Smacky, whose first name is Gordon. And Gordon, I want to welcome you from your home in the UK. And you've got just a great accent. I just enjoy listening to you. How did you get the name Gogsmack? Well, actually, um, I've never corrected anyone to date about this, but my second name is actually pronounced Mackay, as in, you know, your eye. So my name is Gordon Mackay, but I don't know how it came about, but in my area of Scotland, if your name is Gordon, you automatically have the nickname Gogs. So... There were three Gogses when I was at high school, so I'm Gogs Mackay, and I've been that since I've been about five years old. So it's Gogs Mackay. Mackay, yeah. Okay, not that guy Gogsmacked or something like that. No, no. (laughs) Okay, at least we got that straightened out. Now, Pixel Smith, we understand, because Dean is a graphic artist, and therefore some of us writers are wordsmiths, so a graphic artist is Dean a Pixel Smith, right? That's correct. Okay. We'll go for that. Are you the one who was banned once or twice, by the way? Yes, I've been banned twice. I don't think I banned you. Or did I? Uh, I think David banned me, and I don't remember who banned me the other time. (laughs) Okay. We won't get into why. (laughs) Also, Ufology, Randall, you were banned once, weren't you? Not from this forum, but from another one that some of the missing people started, actually, and I still am not able to post there. and I got into it there with some of the people, and oh, that's a long story. I guess we probably shouldn't get into that right now. If it's somebody else's forum, we don't care. Yeah, that's. but no, I've had a really good time with the Paracast, and I'd really like to see uh, more people participating, actually, and I, I hope that we can elicit some more responses and some more people from out there who aren't participating to get on there and, and uh, put in a few words. Well, the one thing here is we have the worldwide audience. I mean, amongst our crew today, we have someone in Scotland. We have someone in Canada and the rest in the USA. Although some of you may be on a spaceship. I wouldn't know, right? (laughs) You know, that could happen. 
Now, one of the things we do when we start the PowerCast, and we might as well do it with, since we have this extra crew of four with Randall, Jeff, Dean, and Gordon, and that is we do a little bit of a wrap-up of the previous week's show. And certainly the reaction oh to Werner Bach has been, shall we say, interesting. And I'm going to ask each of you in turn what you thought about him and about maybe some of the lack of logic in his presentation. I have a problem with that. I think he may have had some real experiences, but he's been so spooked by it over the years that he's lost perspective and objectivity. And so he imagines all sorts of conspiracy theories. I think he needs to get a life. I think he needs to get a social life, not be stuck out there in the wilderness or whatever, and not have friends or family members to deal with. But that doesn't mean that someone didn't kill his cattle or cause the mutilations or things like that. Randall, what was your reaction? Well, my first reaction was that when I found out we were going to be starting with Werner Brock, I was, oh, man, now I'm going to actually have to listen to this show. From a ufology perspective, cattle mutilations are a fringe topic and fall under the general heading of ufology studies and the connection between animals with UFOs. Personally, I haven't spent much time researching them. My closest involvement was to look over some pictures that were provided to me by a friend back in the 1990s of some mutilations that had happened on his parents' ranch. And uh, so I tend to share some of your sentiments, but I'm not as much of an expert in that area as, say, someone like Chris would be. I think Chris might be better qualified to make some real more in-depth commentary there. Chris, you've been elected. Well, I I first uh, became aware of uh, Werner's case uh, through Ted Oliphant, who uh, many of our listeners may remember was the chief of police in Fife, Alabama, in the late 80s, early 90s, and he he had to investigate uh, around 200 cases uh, that occurred there in, in that part of Alabama. He was pretty convinced that there was a helicopter uh, connection, that there was some sort of uh, potential biological uh, experiments that may have been going on. And uh, through his work there, I think that's how Werner uh, found out about him and contacted him. And Ted, Ted was working with him for quite a number of years, uh, at least trying to advise him, uh, get him to, uh, you know, bring in experts, veterinary pathologists, uh, law enforcement, uh, and that sort of thing. And Werner, when I first talked to him, he did he contacted me initially, um, although I had known about his case. Um, he he was one of the few cases that I've encountered that uh, does not have a high strange element to it. Or an element to it that can't be explained with, uh, you know, present day mundane technology, if if indeed these cases are real, which I think the jury is still out. But um, he did strike me as being very sincere and very dedicated to finding out what had happened to his animals and why he had been targeted. And unfortunately, his case is very, very complicated. And there's a lot of a lot of ins and outs that uh, go into into his particular case. And I don't think he represented his uh, 40-year odyssey or 30-plus-year odyssey very well in a two-hour radio format. So I don't, I don't think we should, we should uh, completely discount Werner's uh, account and his story. I think the guy has gone through a lot. There's something at the core of the case. Um, what it is, I, I really am in no position to really judge. Okay, Jeff, what's your reaction to Werner? In my experience, and I have to be honest here, I've only listened to about um, a quarter to a half of the episode so far, but um, in my experience, when 
paranormal activity has occurred, this wide-ranging of activity has occurred around one person, then I tend to get a little suspect about that person's emotional status. Now, if you're talking about something like the Gordon Ranch, the Skinwalker Ranch episode, where you have multiple witnesses and, as Chris said, the high strangeness all going on in one location, to me that adds a little bit of credibility to the stories that come out of the, out of the case. But when you have somebody like Werner, who he's the sole, it seems like, the sole source, from what I understand, of the activity, then I'm a little suspect about his sort of central perspective on what's going on around him. Gogs, what was your take on it? Well, um, I have to confess as well, I only got about a third of the way through the show, probably because I couldn't really follow um couldn't really follow Werner very well. He seemed to be going off on tangents. I, I kind of got the idea that both yourself and Chris um, weren't following him. It reminded me of the episode with Aaron Kaplan, who, who just seemed to be weaving, you know, all sorts of fringe paranormal topics together into something. I'm not saying that's the case with him, um, but he he did seem to. Did he say that something like around a half of his cattle were mutilated? He said, Gog's over 300, and that's got to be astounding. Before we get to anything no, else... No, not, not mutilated. Those are deaths, Gene. Those are deaths. Only okay. 17, actually, were mutilated. I okay, think. okay. We have our listener roundtable with Gene and Chris. You're in... The Paracast. You know, for many of us, so much of our jobs are tied to our office computers. We have networks, special programs, important files. You feel chained to your office just to be productive. Well, here's some good news. There is a better way. It's one I've used myself. It's called Go to My PC. It's a secure remote access tool from Citrix that turns any computer, tablet, or smartphone into your office computer. How about that? With Go to My PC, you can access your entire network, use any program, save, edit, send any file from anywhere. Don't even need to worry about those flash drives. My listeners, by the way, can try Go to My PC free for just 30 days. Visit go to mypc.com. Visit go to mypc.com. Click the try it free button. Enter the promo code podcast. Then download the free app to your mobile device. That's go to mypc.com. The promo code is podcast. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. 
Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Feeling like there are too many pressures and demands on you? Losing sleep, worrying about tests and schoolwork, eating on the run because your schedule is just too busy? You may be under too much stress, and it may be affecting your mind. Get your mental edge back with Nootropic Mind Power from MindRegard.com. Nootropic Mind Power is not a drug, but a natural supplement. Its 12 powerful ingredients are natural and non-GMO, plus it's gluten-free, wheat-free, and formulated by Americans for Americans by an NSF-certified laboratory. Nootropic Mind Power is available at MindRegard.com, spelled M-I-N-D-R-E-G-A-R-D.com, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Free your mind with Nootropic Mind Power Cognitive Supplement from MindRegard.com. Mind Regard. Clearly see tomorrow and yesterday. Today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we have our second listener roundtable four years after the first, and hopefully these participants won't suddenly disappear from the forums, and we'll do this more often. Our guests are Jeff, Randall, Dean, and Gordon. We're discussing reactions to Werner Bach, who had cattle mutilations, lost over 300 cattle to deaths, the authorities saying it's because of his neglect. But you think the guy's been doing this for 40 years or so. If he is guilty of neglect, why would they wait all these years? I don't know. Kind of weird. Dean, what's your take? Well, I have to admit also, I, I listened to the whole podcast, but I had clients coming in and out, so I missed a lot of it. Uh, I, I'm kind of on the fence about mutilations of cattle. Um, I I think a lot of that is natural, but I have to admit that Chris's research is quite interesting. I almost turned the guy off until I heard him say, uh, mentioned Agenda 21. Of course, my ears perked right up on that. Um, I, I think that he does have valid concerns about Agenda 21 creeping into uh the rural areas especially, but uh, pretty much everything else, I think I shared uh, Gene's sentiments on on, uh, on that. All right, Agenda 21. Tell our listeners what that means to them, if anything. Well, that's uh, that, uh, that could take a while. Um, it's uh, 
Agenda 21 is actually being implemented via ICLE. Uh, that's uh, International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives. And uh, it's all about the sustainability, uh, environmental movement. Um, and um, there, the, I've seen things happening in this city uh, that um, fall right into the, under the master plan of Agenda 21 to uh, just change cities to be more sustainable. Uh, I've noticed. And we're talking about something that's environmentally related or something with regard to renewable energy? What? Yeah, it's, uh, well, it, it's so complex. I, I don't think we can even adequately discuss it uh, in, in this roundtable. Um, uh, I've noticed in this city uh, it's more implemented in the structure and the layout of the city. They're going to more high-density housing. Uh, they seem to be wanting to create traffic congestion in uh, our downtown area. And I think that's made, done to try to get fewer cars downtown. Um, and well, I, they've been doing it, that in New York City for years, making it impossible to drive. Without giving too much away, do you want to tell us what city we're talking about? Rochester, Minnesota. Okay, so we're talking about a medium-sized city. Yeah, we have about 110,000 people. Okay. And it's deliberate on their part, make it difficult for people to use their cars, especially downtown. Yeah, exactly. The question I have, though, is how would that impact somebody living in the wilderness in Canada? Well, on the other end, they seem to be making it more difficult for farmers and people living in rural areas. Um, there's lots of different... Uh, uh, hoops that the farmers nowadays have to jump through and um, there a lot of farmers in this area ha are shutting down their farms and selling out to bigger corporations well the family farm is pretty much obsolete isn't it well not in this area um, not, not really but they're sure trying to make it that way yes they are I deal very closely with a, a, a dairy farm I do all their design work and packaging uh, materials and things like that. And it's uh, every time I speak to him, he, he just looks a little more drained and uh, beat up from all the regulations that they have to uh, um, adhere to. So it's like a corporate plot where the large corporations want to take over everything. And it's not just farms. It's any kind of business. Where are the family businesses anymore? Correct, yes. Any other reaction? Let's ask Randall. What do you think? I don't know much about the uh, Agenda 21. I think it was supposed to be overseen by the United Nations. Uh, so it's a multinational effort. And when you get these, the bigger corporations in there and large bureaucratic structures like the UN and national governments, there's going to be these hoops that you have to jump through. But it I think the overall intent is probably okay. It's just a, a matter of people learning how to adjust and, and make it work out to everyone's benefit. Any other reaction to Agenda 21? 
Well, one of the things also in uh, Rochester that they're doing as far as energy uh, conservation is they're replacing the, the lights and all of the uh, traffic signals with these um, uh, little LED lights. And um, unfortunately, they don't get hot enough to melt any snow that blows on them. So they're not saving any money at all because they have to send crews around to clean the snow out of the lights of all these traffic signals in town. And it's a considerable waste of money. So it's uh, 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 things like that just drive me crazy in the city. And they've eliminated like right turn lanes with these uh, curb bump outs um, that jut out into the intersection. So only one lane can proceed. And if you want to turn right, and you've got pedestrians walking through all the way through until the light turns again. Nobody can turn right. And um, it just makes a huge congestion downtown around the Mayo Clinic. Well, the other thing here is, too, what about public transportation? Do you have much public transportation there? Oh, yes. And they've created the bike lanes uh, all over town. And unfortunately, people are getting run over in them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and the buses, right. uh, the buses drive me crazy because they've got these big signs on the back. You have to yield to them no matter what, and uh, they pretty much control the downtown. Uh, they'll run right over you if you get in their way. I'd like to I'd like to comment on this. I live in a small town in uh, northern Indiana, and um, when I say small town, I want to say we have probably around 25,000 people here, maybe a little bit more, but we've our mayor has initiated all of this as well um everything that that dean is talking about we've done uh the bump outs and things like that my personal opinion i've taken a couple of college courses that have talked about sustainability and environmentalism and things like this and and um global warming and it's of course it's been from a perspective that all of this is happening and that it's man-made so i think that this is the philosophy behind Agenda 21. The idea is is that people are going to get used to these changes. They're going to rely more on public transportation. Well, having grown up on the streets of Brooklyn, I know all about public transportation. I rode the subways, I rode the buses, and all that stuff. Yes, indeed. A reminder, you can participate in our forums, too. That's where our guests come from, at forum.theparacast.com. Our listener roundtable continues with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors, got a small business or a large company that needs to be online 24-7? Well, here's the little secret. To make sure your site is always online, you need world-class DNS service from Dyn. That's D-Y-N. For years, Dyn has been helping companies ranging from the scrappy young startup to the giant media moguls of the world with making sure websites are fast and always available and that your emails are getting delivered. D-Y-N. Get faster internet by using Dine for DNS. Visit Dine.com slash podcast 30. Fill out the contact form or start shopping right away and save 30% by using the promo code podcast 30 at checkout. 
Again, visit Dyn.com, that's D-Y-N.com, slash podcast30. Check them out today. I have been asked to announce that Federal Judge Walter J. Skinner has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with a low-cost automotive accessory called Platinum 22, which meets or exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. To learn if Platinum 22 will give you 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS or 1-800-537-7427. Are your Federal Reserve notes looking for a safe haven? Mine found it in precious metals. Not paper promises, but actual gold in my possession. It is liquid, it is private, it owes no one, it cannot go bankrupt, and it maintains its purchasing power. Find your answer at Midas Resources. That's 1-800-686-2237. The answer is at 1-800-686-2237. Looking back on 2012, we ask ourselves, how did we ever survive from natural disasters like Hurricane Sandy and the devastating summer drought to the family hardships brought on by a disastrous economy? Our hearts go out to those that have lost everything. At eFoods Direct, we hear from customers every day that are fortunate enough to weather life's storm by having a supply of food on hand. After Hurricane Sandy, Danny from New York City wrote, Almost all of the grocery stores are closed, but I managed to get my eFoods just in time to be able to help my sister and niece. It is better to be prepared 10 years too early than one day too late. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Heed the warnings and do what Alex has done. Call 800-409-5633 today or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and build your food supply. It's the best tasting non-GMO long-term storable food on the planet. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoodsDirect. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene and Chris, we have a listener's roundtable. We're talking about Agenda 21, which is, I guess, recognizing changes that are to be considered or made because of global warming, because we want to be environmentally savvy politically correct, whatever. We're talking to Jeff Randall, Dean, Gordon, Gene and Chris. Jeff, you were saying? 
Yeah, I was just kind of, I guess, giving a positive perspective on Agenda 21 and the intentions behind it, um, the environmentalism, the sustainability, trying to lower the, the carbon effect and the warming effect of major cities, major metropolitan areas. The idea is to build up and not out when you're talking about these cities. And I've seen models where they've had skyscrapers with trees and grass, patches of grass on top to try to lower the, um, the sunlight albedo and reflection and things of this nature. So I shy away from the idea that Agenda 21 is this major governmental conspiracy where the government and big corporations are trying to take over the world, although that might be the case with the Walmarts and all that good stuff. And the, as you were talking about, the farm farmers being uh, bought out by conglomerations of farming communities and what have you. You know, I've studied this in, in school in, in a couple of college classes, so I, I, I understand a little bit more the philosophy behind it. It can be frustrating. Our mayor took a lot of heat from the bump outs and, and everything that uh, the dean was talking about earlier, so I can understand that perspective too. But So that's, um, that's, that's sort of my take on it. Now, there has been a lot of debate, of course, about global warming and whether it's man-made or a natural occurrence or a combination. And when I was listening to you guys talk, especially Dean and Jeff, I was thinking of a book that we discussed on the Paracast several years back called Science Was Wrong, written by Stanton Friedman and Kathleen Martin. But amongst other things, they did not believe in man-made global warming. And we've had active discussions on this in the Paracast forums. And I'd like Dean to express his point of view before we go on. I don't believe that uh, humans have caused any significant warming to the planet. It's basically that simple. Now, I have to tell you folks, in the forums, there have been intense discussions about this. And we'll go round robin and get opinions and continue with the discussion. Okay, Dean, you think there's no evidence. What about the fact that the vast majority of the climate scientists believe that mankind, humankind, whatever, is a contributor? I, I don't believe that there's a consensus. Um, if you... Uh, look into that a little closer, you'll find that the consensus that they're going by um, does not include a, a lot of uh, climate scientists, and uh, it boils down to, I think, just a small handful of the 3,300 scientists or whatever they're talking about. Uh, it boils down to, I think, something like 40 or 60 scientists uh, that actually believe what they're saying well uh, could i can i chime in here i just was speaking with uh clifford mahoudi who's been on the show a couple of times and zuni is frozen almost down to two feet uh everybody's pipes are freezing uh i've i've been uh, really cold here in my trailer it's the coldest winter we've had here in uh the central sort of north central part of uh arizona and the four corners uh, the San Luis Valley is breaking records. Uh, they've had over 44 below zero Fahrenheit up there. So, you know, if there is such a thing as global warming, I think the planet has a self-regulating system, some sort of thermostat that's going to put the kibosh on it. Um, one, a single volcano can put more carbon into the air than a number of years of human output. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about global warming and uh you know the actual amount of 
you know, responsibility that humans have. Obviously, we're not helping, but well, I'll tell you, Gene, it's been cold up here, man. It's like really cold this winter. Uh, it's the coldest since the uh, I think early to mid eighties. But isn't this thing about global warming the fact that climate will be more extreme? It's not that you have a general warming trend, but it is more extreme. And supposedly the surveys show a gradual total warming, even if you do have these situations. Let's get some other reaction to that. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I'd I'd like to point out that there's a difference between local climate change and global warming. And we did study that, again, when I say we studied, the the classes I took were slanted towards man-made global warming, which I'm not agreeing with. But um, they did emphasize that local climate change, you are going to have colder temperatures where people aren't really accustomed to it. Another effect was supposed to be more severe storms, not, well, I'm sorry, not more severe storms, but the storms that we do have are supposed to be more severe. So like this, the, the super storm that we had last month was, could be a case for uh, local climate change and the global warming effect and things of that nature. But my personal opinion on it is, is I think that sustainability and good environmentalism are good causes whether or not the globe's warming up. And whether or not it's man-made or if it's a natural process, I think that we should take care of our environment and um, excel at allowing it to propagate so that it's here for future generations and not and not just mess it all up for um, just because we're greedy or we want more uh, oil or coal and don't want to come up with alternative technologies. But yeah. that's my opinion there. Gogs, what do you think? Well, I, I have a couple of issues with the whole global warming thing. I'm actually kind of on the fence about it, but um, I would imagine we're talking about since the Industrial Revolution, since man's been pumping out, you know, such and such gases, um, uh, and this is at the time. But compared to geological time, you know, the last 250 years is a blip, and we don't have, you know, up to the year, up to the month data for all the time before that. And also, we don't have, like, a control planet Earth that, you know, that we could see what would have what would have happened in the last 250 years had we not had the influence we have. So there isn't really any way to tell. And it probably, if it's going to happen, it'll be too late to do anything about it by the time you can prove that it has happened. And I suppose that's where I stand on it all. We'll go for that. What about you, Randall? Well, since the advent of the Industrial Revolution, we have been putting a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere. And since the advent of jet aviation, we've been putting a lot of water into the upper atmosphere, which is a far more effective greenhouse gas. Logic would suggest that those two factors alone mean that there must be some effect. I guess what we really have to identify is how much of an effect. If we put a little bit more insulation in our attic, our house is bound to be a little bit warmer. Uh, Environment Canada up here is now adjusting its standards for seasonal norms, and the overall trend is up. So whether it's man-made or natural or a combination of both, it seems like it is taking place. And I'm seeing sort of a switch in the general attitude from just one or the other two well it's taking place and we have to do something about it good point i think it comes down to a lot of the money that's being spent i mean if it does come out to be proven that it's a man-made phenomenon that 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 we are accelerating it then you're looking at at all of the bureaucracy the governments and the big businesses that have to spend how many millions or billions of dollars 
to try to correct it and or reverse the process. So that's where a lot of the the heart of the argument lies, I believe, is if it's man-made, then we have to spend all this money to do do something about it. And, of course, the governments and, and a lot of the businesses, they're not going to want to spend that money to do that. They're not going to want to put filters on their smokestacks and, and you know retool their, their massive factories and all of the regulations on our motor vehicles and things like that. You're going to even have private individuals that, that are going to have to change their ways to try to, to correct global warming. But if it's a natural effect, then why spend all the money when it's going to happen anyway? So it all comes down to money. It all comes down to how much do we have to be inconvenienced and how much cash are we going to have to throw at the problem to try to get it fixed. Maybe we can look at motivations in our next segment, why governments would want us to believe there is man-made global warming. And not women-made, just man-made. But now we have to take care of, well, a piece of business, of course. Our Listener Roundtable continues with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. (laughs) Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of world customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker I have been asked to announce that federal judge Walter J. Skinner has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with a low-cost automotive accessory called Platinum 22, which meets or exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. To learn if Platinum 22 will give you 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS or 1-800-537-7427. Are your Federal Reserve notes looking for a safe haven? 
Mine found it in precious metals. Not paper promises, but actual gold in my possession. It is liquid, it is private, it owes no one, it cannot go bankrupt, and it maintains its purchasing power. Find your answer at Midas Resources. That's 1-800-686-2237. The answer is at 1-800-686-2237. Is 2013 your year to achieve more, more vitality, more health, more well-being? Hi, this is Pastor Jenny. For 25 years, I spent my life's work teaching others how to achieve more. But in 2010, I got a lesson of my own about RNA drops. I learned that there are millions of gene switches latent in every single cell of my body that are waiting for an activator. I learned by taking RNA drops, I could begin to activate that power in my cells and achieve the more that I desire. I'd like to share what I discovered with you and send you a free 30-day supply of RNA drops valued at $50 for just the cost of shipping and handling. Go to rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call me toll free at 888-577-3703. That's 888-577-3703. rnafreesample.com. Discover the more that's waiting for you. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris, we're joined by Jeff, Randall, Dean, and Gordon, discussing now a lot of the issues that come up in our forums, particularly global warming, and I think Chris was champing at the bit for a comment. Chris? I think one thing that we all have to kind of bear in mind here is that we have uh, China is rapidly approaching uh, the 21st century, I forget the the number of coal-fired plants that are coming online every week, but you have the emerging third world countries that are starting to build coal coal-fired plants and um, you know pump a lot of uh, of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. And we say, well, you have to you know do it right and this and that. And they said, well, for the last 150 years, you guys haven't, so why should we? And and they and that's a good point. I think I, I do agree that. Uh, that if uh, if there's some way to try to you know lessen our carbon footprint, uh, that we should do it. But I think the planet's going to have a lot more to say about this than um, science possibly, in, in many ways, is going to give science credit. I think if we do see you know an increase of fresh water and the decrease of salinity in the oceans, it's going to stop you know slow down and stop uh, some of the large thermal conveyor belts of water that bring warm water from the equators to the poles. And this could actually trigger an ice age. So the planet, it seems to me, is is a self-regulated system. And uh, we just have to be aware that what we think we're going towards might end up actually being the opposite. We might we might actually be triggering an ice age uh, because of, uh, of global warming. Let me throw out the question then that rises. Would anyone in this crew think that maybe UFOs are here to warn us to make us think about what's going on, to warn us of what's going on, and to alert us to change our ways. Anyone want to jump in? I don't believe that to be the case. And we need to remember that uh, in 1970s, uh, Ice Age was the looming threat. Where'd that go? <laughs> right. It uh, quickly, since they, there was no significant cooling after they made those statements they changed uh, the uh, to a new new threat you know the depleting ozone 
then that didn't seem to be any threat, uh, so they changed it to global warming. Okay, well, but no... let me ask you a question, Dean. Where's the advantage to a government saying there is global warming, we've got to do something about it? How do they profit? How do they benefit? Well, they tried the whole carbon trading scheme, um, and that seems to be fizzling out. Yeah, but and what's think... the benefit? How do they benefit from doing that? Well, it's uh, money and control. Okay, so the governments get money? The governments get control? I would think private industry, the companies who build the pollution preventative machinery or whatever, those are the ones who will benefit, but how would a government benefit? Well, uh, I think the um, people that are are involved with these... um, these uh, types of uh, new industries that are spawning off it are probably involved at higher levels of government. Uh, look at Al Gore. He tried uh, the carbon trading company. Um, he, he indicated that the uh, seas were going to rise, you know, 20 feet. And at the same time, he's buying uh, homes on uh, on the ocean front. So <laughs> it's it didn't really make sense to me. So in your case, so you're saying then that Al Gore simply wanted to profit from it. Chris? Yes, absolutely. I Jeff, go ahead, make, please. I was just going to make a comment. I think that governments can use it as a as an excuse to raise taxes um, to uh, tunnel money into uh, science and, and other programs like that to try to do these researches. There were a lot of scientists who got you know, major government grants because they were pro-global warming and, well, we need to study this more, and so we're going to need you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars to be able to study this. So it, global warming was a moneymaker for a lot of people. Um, for auto manufacturers and other manufacturing uh, companies, of course, it was a money taker. So you had a shift of finances going from uh, businesses and a lot of times being funneled from, through government, and government, of course, took their, took their share off the top, I think. If you take your share, what do you do with it? Hire more people? Right now we're in a climate where government is being cut down. I mean, in the last three or four years, I think over half a million government workers have been fired. You can hire more people or you can give the people that are already on the payroll raises. So. Okay, but where has that happened? raises that i don't know you know nobody's doing that now i mean the way the climate is now the political climate no one wants to hire more government workers therefore government workers are losing their jobs salary increases are minimal so i fail to see i can see where private industry benefits that would make sense anytime you have a concerted program to do something to change something people will take advantage of it with their products or services but if governments are being stagnated, they don't have the budgets anymore, they're cutting down, where is their benefit to this? Well, if, if I could interject there briefly, the most obvious one is with the whole carbon trading uh, credits program that's out there where the governments of the different countries that are involved around the world assess all this and decide which countries have to pay other countries huge amounts of money uh, to make up for their contribution to the, their carbon footprint. Yeah, but this doesn't even make sense to me, trading money. How does that clean up the environment if you just hand somebody a check? Oh, I agree with you completely, Gene. I'm just saying that that's where it is. No, I know where it is. It just doesn't make sense. There's no logic behind it. Like, for example, 
there's a company that we know about that's a web host. They have a data center in Kansas, and they claim to be environmentally safe. How are they environmentally safe? Because they pay carbon credits to somebody. Well, it doesn't make them use less electricity. It doesn't make them to have more efficient power. All they're doing is playing paper. Well, actually, I think it actually contributes to it because what's happening is that the countries that contribute less of a carbon footprint are the ones who are receiving the money for their industrial development. So it it really is counterproductive in a way, in my opinion. But I can see where that's where the governments could benefit, not necessarily the people, and not necessarily making the environment a safer place, as you've just pointed out. There you go. Speaking of governments... Every so often, we have to raise the D-word, disclosure. And I think most of us on the PowerCast have said we don't believe it. Let's ask our listener roundtable. Cox, what do you think? Yeah, there's, there's no real incentive for any government to, to disclose. And I think it's Chris that quite often says, you know, disclose what? We, we don't even know uh, at what any government might or may or may not know. Uh, most of us would probably would agree if one government was going to know the most, it would probably be the United States or Russia, considering you know the geographical size. Um, but yeah, I, I and I also agree with Richard Dolan. He says that it 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 can't happen, but it must happen. And I think the way, if it will happen, it might come somehow through WikiLeaks or just by sheer volume of per, persuasion of numbers of people on the internet, because the internet seems to be. You know, in the in the past, you could maybe control the press and and the six o'clock news on television, and keep this stuff out. Certainly, in the UK, the government can slap on any uh, broadcaster what's called a list D notice, which basically says you could go ahead with this uh, story, but it might be in against the national security interest. Um, so no one ever goes against these things, but but now there's there's so much more avenues for news to get to people. We all know there's so many useless uh, fake uh, UFO videos on YouTube, but there's going to be a percentage that are real, and I'm sure that more people are going to be exposed to this than there would have been when in the past you saw the odd documentary in a decade uh, or you would have to pick up a UFO book itself. So I certainly think more people in the world are being exposed to the possibility of a UFO reality. I certainly hope so. Uh, I was just actually reading a, a piece by Nick Redfern on the Mysterious Universe site about some couple of security guards who saw a UFO over uh, our GCHQ building, which is Britain's equivalent of the NSA at Fort Meade. And I actually worked there for a a short time, and I had no idea, you know, this was a a big deal in the 90s. Gods, Uh, what were you doing over there? What kind of job did you have? Well, I was in signals intelligence in the Royal Navy, and they have there's what's called the Joint Service Signals Unit, JSSU, that occupies one kind of wing of this donut-shaped building. And we would just be intercepting, you know, uh, all kinds of signals, voice, data, whatever. We'll have to go into much more of this. We've got a lot more to discuss. And our guest list includes 
Gogs Mackay. I think I got it right this time. Dean, better known as Pixel Smith. Randall, known as Ufology. Jeff, who is known as Sand and Fire. With Gene and Chris, known as Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful natural and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also, exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So did the cable guy take Chris's cable or tear it? He's had cable problems with his microphone. It's just a USB cable, folks. With Gene and Chris on the PowerCast, we got Gogs and Dean and Randall and Jeff. We're talking about disclosure, what the government knows, when do they know it. And when we get to our next guest here, Jeff, I'll ask you, what about the possibility of gradual disclosure, that we're now seeing more and more evidence that we have Earth-like planets around the galaxy in humongous quantities, Earth-like planets, breeding life, some more advanced, maybe they're coming here. Is that a process of gradual disclosure? What do you think? I don't believe so. I think that the finding of planets was a natural part of the field of astronomy, and I think that that was a long time coming, but I don't think... I I have a really hard time subscribing to any kind of conspiracy-type process that the the revelation of 
planets um, being discovered around uh, distant solar systems is evidence of aliens coming here. I suppose another logical step would be to really take a look at those planets to see if there's any chemical signatures, methane, and things of that nature within the atmosphere to see if maybe there is life on those planets. But I I don't think that NASA or the United States government or any government on this planet is slowly feeding this process out to the general public to, you know, spring it on us that, oh, yeah, uh, here's a here's a planet uh, 50 light years away that's Earth-like, and, oh, by the way, their inhabitants have been visiting us for the last 200, 250,000 years or whatever. Even if they don't know where they're coming from, the possibility here is instead of a sudden revelation, which would cause all sorts of side effects, as we might imagine, if you do it gradually, where you wake up one day and say, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Maybe people will accept it more. I mean, that that logically sounds feasible, but I just don't subscribe to that idea that it's it's actually happening. I think that it's it's a completely separate process. I think you have the astronomers who are just following their own leads, and then you have the UFO field, and people are just watching the astronomers going, okay, maybe that's where they're from, and, and things of that nature. Okay, Randall, what do you think? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that there has been some slow disclosure, uh, begrudgingly, if not for the evidence that we've seen from the Freedom of Information requests that have been made over the years. And just from the evidence of researchers who've gone into the National Archives and pulled out the declassified, formerly top-secret documents that are there, we know that they knew a lot more than we knew back then, and they still know a lot more than we know now. But this brings up a really good question, actually, from one of our forum people, Bernd Slate, and what he wanted to, us to talk about or comment on is to identify the historical and contemporary figures that have gotten us closer to understanding the facets of this mechanism. Who are the best authors? Who are the people who have done the real solid research to get us closer to understanding the truth about this? I, myself, I would mention authors like Timothy Good, Jerome Clark, has done some excellent uh, historical research in that field. And there's even some uh, people from MUFON who've recently released a new title all about UFOs and government. It's a historical documentary on it. So it's taking place slowly. Will it happen all at once? I don't think so unless we actually see some sort of action on the part of the UFOs themselves. Dean, what's your take? I don't see any disclosure happening until the provoked proverbial saucer landing on the White House lawn type scenario. I think it's very obvious that we do have visitations. I'm not sure where they come from, Um, but um, I I don't think it's going to happen until something lands on the ground and everybody sees it. And that may never happen in a way that we had accepted. Goggs, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't see it happening officially, uh, but there, as I said before, there may be something like a WikiLeaks leak of of an undeniably, you know, true document or something. It might, it might, it may happen by by accident. I suppose that's what I'm saying. I think the other theory has it here that the secret, if it exists at all, was sent off to private industry, so it's not so easy to find. So even if something comes up in a government document or Freedom of Information, whatever we wouldn't have ready 
information as to where it's being held. But private industry, we don't know what they're doing in their own laboratories because they have proprietary programs already because supposedly you don't want your competitor to know what you're doing. You know, Apple Incorporated could be the repository of the secret of UFOs because they have a secrecy program, you know, that's second to none. Now, that's kind of wacky, isn't it? If if I can chime in, I think that, and and this is going on the conspiracy side of things too, but if the disinformation project is real, uh, then it's going to be effective. And if we do have a leak of an, a genuine government document or the WikiLeaks or some, something like that, people are just going to point to that and say, well, it was some kook or it's not real or it's fake. And the authenticity of whatever gets leaked, whatever piece of information that could potentially lead to genuine disclosure, that authenticity is going to face so much rigor. I would venture to say that the powers that be would be able to somehow discredit that piece of information pretty effectively and silence it right back down again. I mean, I, I hate to sound like the conspiracy theorist here who who says that regardless of what we find, it's going to be stifled by, you know, Big Brother and all, but I think that assuming that the government has some sort of very incriminating piece of evidence about UFOs and alien visitation, and assuming that it does slip out, I think they can cover it up pretty well just through the historical uh, perspective of the ufological field and the quote-unquote kooks that study those aliens from Mars and little green men. So you have the, the concept that we can be basically ridiculed in the silence even if we do find or even if something is accidentally revealed into the general public and mainstream media but with 24 7 news cycle doesn't that make it a lot harder to control the message i don't think so because within an hour they could come back out and say oh well the whole thing was a big joke anyway yeah but or, we don't believe or, the governments we don't yeah. believe governments anymore was it the u.s congress has an approval rating of 10 percent we barely believe anybody anymore. We're jaded. It's not like the 1950s where the president says something. They say, oh, okay, that's the truth. Now, oh, here's 27,000 reasons why not. Gogs, what's your take on it? On what exactly? I thought I'd answer this one. Okay, very good. We're talking here, I guess, about the possibility of gradual disclosure if there is such a thing. Governments with guilty knowledge, governments preventing people from knowing the truth, that sort of thing. Yeah, just, I just wonder if... Um if they get a push from somewhere else, if there are such a thing as ET craft. Hello, am I still online? You're coming through loud and clear. Go ahead. Oh, it's all gone silent here. Um, yeah, if there is such a thing as a ET craft or for wherever they're from visiting us here, um, as I think uh, Dean maybe said or Randall, the old White House lawn thing, if there is any collusion behind the scenes, maybe there's already in place an agreement that after... You know, 150 years of exposure to UFOs flying about in the sky in the modern age, uh, some announcement will be made. I find it hard to believe that the intention would be just to keep it quiet forever, you know, just till the end of time. But certainly uh, un until, I mean, was it, was it from the RAND Corporation or the CIA who sponsored the study? that would look at the impact of, you know, finding extraterrestrial artifacts and things like that, what the effect that would have on the population. Um, I don't know if those studies actually mentioned if after a certain amount of time 
uh, to exposure to these things that it, that you could go ahead and release uh, such information. So I find it hard to believe it'll go on forever, but I, I certainly don't think any politician is going to make the choice to do it. That's if they even know anything. Huh. There's an interesting possibility for that, too, we'll get to. With Gene and Chris, we're doing the Listener Roundtable. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. You land in Buenos Aires, then are shuttled to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa. It's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more, all more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch, GoldenStagSafaris.com. Feeling like there are too many pressures and demands on you? Losing sleep, worrying about tests and schoolwork, eating on the run because your schedule is just too busy? You may be under too much stress, and it may be affecting your mind. Get your mental edge back with Nootropic Mind Power from MindRegard.com. Nootropic Mind Power is not a drug. 
but a natural supplement. Its 12 powerful ingredients are natural and non-GMO, plus it's gluten-free, wheat-free, and formulated by Americans for Americans by an NSF-certified laboratory. Nootropic Mind Power is available at mindregard.com, spelled M-I-N-D-R-E-G-A-R-D.com, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Free your mind with Nootropic Mind Power Cognitive Supplement from MindRegard.com. MindRegard. Clearly see tomorrow and yesterday. Today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast with Coggs and Dean and Randall and Jeff. Our listener roundtable, all these people very knowledgeable about what's going on. Now, the thing I wonder here is how you can keep a secret through generations, changes in leadership in the military, especially in the U.S. I think in the U.K., Gogs, correct me if I'm wrong, you would have more of a tradition there where from father to son, different generations of the military and government offices would be able to keep a consistent sort of posture. But in the U.S., I don't know. But I also have this picture here where the president takes over. New president sworn in, and that day the National Security Agency or some other agency comes into him and says, Mr. President, we have to tell you something. And this is something that is even above your pay grade, sir. And if you say anything, there will be a new president taking oath of office by tomorrow. Anyone have a reaction to that? Dean? I think it's going to be an individual uh, that uh, blows the whole UFO thing wide open. Like myself, if I would have been uh, another couple hundred yards closer to what I saw, um, I think it would have been a very interesting photograph. Um, So I don't think we necessarily need the government in any country to disclose anything with everybody having cell phones and cameras uh, uh, readily available, I think it's uh, inevitable there will be a really good, clear shot. I don't know why it hasn't happened. That's the question yep. I was going to ask, Dean, but you mentioned your own sighting. Tell our listeners about it. Well, it was actually about seven years ago this month, as I recall, and it was right near my home. I think I posted maps and such uh, of my sighting on the forum somewhere. I, I don't know what it was that I saw, uh, it was at arm's length, maybe the width of a nickel, 50 cent piece. It was hovering over a field off to my right for quite some time. Um, As we got closer to it, uh, it started moving uh, slightly to the west. at that point, I pulled over. It was freezing cold. It was three below zero and blowing snow sideways. Uh, and the thing just sat there nearly motionless. Uh, I got out of the car, and it started uh, moving away from me until it went over a tree line. And uh, I got back in the car, and my girlfriend and I are looking at each other like, what the heck is that? And uh I just started to leave, uh, uh, pull off onto the road again, and uh, 
we saw it coming back towards us and then it veered to the south and I basically chased it until I couldn't uh, keep up with it anymore. Uh, it was a it was quite a chase on black ice, uh, uh, very slippery. I think I was reaching speeds up to 80 miles an hour trying to keep up with it. And you didn't uh, think for a moment, I'm going to swerve off the road, I'm not going to survive this? No. It was so exciting to see this thing. It's, it was my first sighting. And uh, I it started uh, getting away from me, and that's when I pulled over again. My girlfriend was screaming at me to slow down and... So I actually pulled right over and jumped out again to try and get a, a photograph of it. And uh, that's when uh, a jet, a small jet, came right over the top. And uh, I watched it chase this um, this UFO uh, out of sight, at which point I called the airport because a local medevac helicopter comes over our place quite often, and I thought, well... That's a. It's dangerous to have that thing hovering so so low to the ground. I called the airport. They said there was nothing in the area, no aircraft whatsoever. And I, I said that's not true. A jet just chased this thing out of sight. And they said no, there's no aircraft in that area. And they connected me with the FAA, and they said the same thing. And nothing more was done. I went home, and I'm I'm still amazed at what I saw. Any of our other guests have sighting they want to talk about? Chime in. I have one uh, back in 1975, if anyone's interested. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, this one was when I was living out in uh, Invermere, British Columbia, and I was spending the night over at uh, my girlfriend's place while her parents were gone. They had a ranch up on on the west side of the lake, and we were sitting there looking out the window when this glowing orb came up from behind the mountains across the lake and and went down into the valley in three big arcs well that night i watched that thing actually this it came up again later on out of the forest and did this big infinity symbol in the air and i the the three of us saw that the second time too and then i stayed awake all night it came up again and did that one more time uh, stopped instantly, went back down into the forest, and then later on came up, did this symbol again, and in the morning, uh, just as it was getting light outside, I went outside on the deck, and I had straight line of sight view of this thing across the valley. It got really bright, and instead of doing this uh, symbol in the sky that it did, it instantly took off in a streak of light north up the valley, as far as I could see, in the time it takes you to snap your fingers. And there is nothing natural or man-made that I can think of that can explain that. Okay, Goggs, did you have a sighting to report? No, I'm I'm like yourself, Gene. Um, I have definitely never seen anything in the sky that I can't identify. But that, um, uh, I believe it was Arthur C. Clarke who had said that if you haven't seen a UFO, it's either because you're not very observant or you live somewhere where it's cloudy. I live somewhere where it's cloudy. Well, that's your excuse. Actually, I have to amend that. I realize, I didn't realize this before, but I was looking at the text of a magazine article I wrote in 1971. That ages me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually 400 years old. I've got that picture in the closet that's getting over. Anyway, I looked there, and I did have a sort of UFO sighting, you know, something up in the sky, made a rapid-fire maneuver and disappeared. It wasn't very much. It lasted a few seconds, and... 
I forgot all about it after writing this article. Literally speaking, I wrote this article, as I said, in 1971, published in the magazine, and then left my mind. There you go. Jeff, any sightings? I'm kind of like Eugene. Um, I saw something 4th of July two years ago uh, that was amber in color and i saw it through some trees and but it was just a it was just a dot of light and it moved quickly and the the ufo people around where i live they report a lot of amber colored lights and orbs and things of that nature in the sky so maybe yes maybe no it could have been a low-lying helicopter anything like that i i remain skeptical myself but um yeah the only paranormal experience I had wasn't uh, UFO related. I think it was more, more of a haunting type relation, um, which is what I more have studied in the last five years than UFOs. Although I'm far more interested in UFOs these days, but nothing, nothing really compelling as far as UFOs go. I'm going to ask you about the haunting instance in a moment. That's Jeff joining Randall and Dean and Gox with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. 
HempUSA.org has a newly designed website and a new and improved detoxification product. Order our new microplant powder gold loaded with vitamins, minerals, iodine, and probiotics, and we'll send you our travel size microplant powder absolutely free. Microplant powder only at HempUSA.org. Call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. And see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. Only this offer ends January 31st. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Is 2013 your year to achieve more, more vitality, more health, more well-being? Hi, this is Pastor Jenny. For 25 years, I spent my life's work teaching others how to achieve more. But in 2010, I got a lesson of my own about RNA drops. I learned that there are millions of gene switches latent in every single cell of my body that are waiting for an activator. I learned by taking RNA drops, I could begin to activate that power in my cells and achieve the more that I desire. I'd like to share what I discovered with you and send you a free 30-day supply of RNA drops valued at $50 for just the cost of shipping and handling. Go to rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call me toll-free at 888-577-3703. That's 888-577-3703. rnafreesample.com. Discover the more that's waiting for you. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Our listener roundtable continues into the second half of the show with Jeff, Randall, Dean, and Goggs. Jeff, you're very much involved with hauntings. You have a website up there that covers some of that stuff. Tell us about it. Um, yeah, about um, five years ago, five, six years ago or so, uh, me and my wife got interested in the whole um, ghost hunting, paranormal research type of thing. We, we were a product of the Ghost Hunters television show, the Paranormal State television show. That's where we got interested in looking into paranormal research. And so we, we did the paint-by-the-numbers process of joining a ghost hunting group breaking off from that group and forming a more serious ghost hunting group and then that group fell apart and so we we still kind of do the ghost hunting once in a while but uh, my wife is she's more of the leader of the group i've stepped down and stepped away from that i'm more into the ufos and things of that nature but um we do still participate in a couple of investigations and a couple of what I call amusement park ghost hunts where you go someplace and you have to pay some money to go in there and supposedly have some encounters. My wife's more on the believer side. Uh, She believes herself to be sensitive to spirits and spirit energy and all that good stuff. I'm far more on the skeptical side, especially recently nowadays. We balance each other out pretty well. When we have experiences or don't have experiences, we kind of keep each other in check. And uh, but uh, she'll she'll be quick to tell you that I'm the skeptical jerk that that always uh, rains on her parade whenever she thinks she, she sees something really good. I so, bet there are some interesting family discussions. Some, 
Yeah, yeah, we have we have uh, some discussions. When when she makes me listen to to sound bites three or four times, and I have to look at her and say, you know what? If you want to hear a crying ghost baby in the background, you can hear that. I don't hear it. <laughs> so there you go. Speaking of ghosts, let's talk to the rest of the crew here. Randall, of course, your name is ufology. So, do you have an interest in hauntings and such? Well, I'm interested in anything that can be connected in some way to the UFO phenomenon. And I've had a pretty incredible, what you call a ghost experience, I guess, back in my teens. Uh, around the same time, actually, that I had that UFO sighting I was talking about earlier. And it's, it's quite long and, and convoluted, but it left me with absolutely no doubt that the phenomena exists. Exactly what it is is what I question. I think there's a tendency for people to bring these experiences into their own uh, paradigms, particularly religious ones involving life after death and so on. And I'm not convinced that that's necessarily what they are. I think that ghost experiences, virtually almost every paranormal phenomena that you can think of apart from uh, mental telepathy and such can be explained by some kind of higher technology that could be connected with this UFO phenomena. And so now, how so? That's a very interesting point to raise. How would UFO technology have anything to do with seeing a ghost? Well, when you read about the reports of UFOs, you read about uh, technology that seems to defy gravity. You read reports about apparitions and that seem to be able to do things that defy gravity, moving furniture, levitating things. You tend to see reports about UFOs disappearing as if they've got some kind of cloaking shield or something along those lines, which implies that perhaps if there are beings from these machines that they could also have some sort of cloaking technology that they've incorporated into their suits that could lead to this type of uh, invisibility and and sometimes uh, sparkling apparitions or other things. Virtually, they could change their appearance into anything that you want. And if they were doing some sort of a clandestine operation, observing people over time and studying them, they would know things about the environment, what was there, and would be able to mimic all of the things that you see in these uh, hauntings. What about the recurring events where, you know, every Saturday night they see the spirit of the resident of the house who appears, or maybe the grandfather comes back? You're saying that the UFO knots will come back every Saturday like clockwork and emulate this effect? It may not be that they need to be physically present. It could be some sort of automated monitoring project that is just outside of our ability to detect the way that we take and put up uh, shelters and watch wildlife in some way, shape, or form, something along those lines. But, A recording. Uh, yeah, it could be monitoring, recording, an automated system whereby they're, they're tracking our movements, seeing, uh, studying our psychology, seeing how we react to these various things that they put up in front of us, and uh, typically we respond with these supernatural type of explanations and jump to these conclusions that they're some sort of uh, related to some sort of life after death and create all of this mythos around it, but we don't know that. We don't know what it is. It makes more sense to me that if there is technology available to explain it, then we should be invoking that, and really our own technology now is approaching that level where we're developing things that can bend light and transmit voices into people's heads 
all kinds of stuff. All this stuff can be explained merely with our own technology, so you can imagine something, you know, a thousand years ahead of us is coming here. Gogs, what's your interpretation? You live in a part of the world where there are lots of hauntings. Yes, actually, this part of northeast Scotland, where I am, has well, it has the highest concentration, say, of castles of anywhere in the world, and many of them have got ghosts. I myself, the only paranormal you know experience I've ever had is literally within 150 feet of my childhood home. Myself and a friend, we were about 13 or so. We saw what we thought was uh, an old woman in a place in a in a little kind of lane in a place where she shouldn't have been at that time of night because we knew everyone you know around in the area, and we we found we found her her being there so strange that we immediately made um, to go and lead her out of where she was because we we were convinced she must have been lost, and she never left left our sight until we surrounded this wall and this was a dead end and she was gone and up until that point we thought it was a real person but two of us saw it and there was nowhere for this person to go there was no time or chance to escape or there's no trap doors ladders anything uh, so uh, it, it must have been that we both saw a you know a full body apparition I don't have any other experience outside of that. And going to where Randall was speaking about, uh, about the UFO technology side of things, I I can go for that. I'm not sure how that would explain how people, humans, have reported ghosts, you know, since time immemorial. For for that to be the case, I suppose we'd have to be saying that this technology was up and running all the way through history. I, I can't see any purpose for that unless it was just to play with us. We could be the amusement park. Dean, what's your take? Well, I'm a little skeptical about ghosts, but uh, I have to say I I have seen something uh, back in the 70s. Actually, uh, after I saw it, uh, my whole family ended up seeing uh, this individual. It appeared to be uh, a young man in his maybe 20s standing at the other end of our basement looking straight at all of us who had seen it at different times, um, it it still uh, raises the hair on the back of my neck when I think back to uh, looking at this entity, whatever it was, um, and it was one of those deals where I looked up and went to take a double and got a good look at it and kind of rubbed my eyes and looked again and it's gone. Um, my whole family ridiculed me for quite a while after that until they all in turn uh, had seen this uh, at some point. Uh, it, this sightings only lasted maybe a few months and uh, nobody's ever seen it again. My father still lives in the home. Um, he does not see anything anymore. Um, I think in many cases when people go looking for ghosts, they'll probably find one just because they're looking for one. Um, and it may or may not be uh, an actual entity. It could be a shadows, lights, who knows. Wishful thinking, it sounds like. And I yeah. see people are champing at the bit to make some more comments. We have Randall, Jeff, Dean, and Goggs, four of our listeners, joining our listeners' roundtable. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast.
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, six-month, three-month, one-month, or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. It's time for a home security quiz. Answer this. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $35? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. It's like a lamp on a timer, but far more convincing. And for only $34.95, fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. Go to faketv.com or call one 877 877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388. Or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Alex Jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country. Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron Break down what happened, your story. 
I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals, but the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com. Sign up as a distributor and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. The trickster is asserting himself. Yes, he is. Chris O'Brien with Gene talking to Jeff and Randall Dean and Goggs. And it's all about our listener roundtable. I want to throw another thing into (laughs) this discussion or fly in the ointment as you would prefer. When we were talking earlier about maybe the UFO knots are generating the ghost encounters for reasons best known to themselves. What about abductions? Let's put you in the hot seat, Randall. Oh, abductions. Well, I think it's important to be really skeptical about abductions. Not that it's not important to be any less skeptical about other things, but what we're what we're hearing from abductees is, are things that are just not verifiable in any way, shape, or form compared to the UFO phenomenon itself, the, the hard nuts and bolts, flying saucer type things that led to the rise of the field of ufology in the first place. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but I just haven't seen enough evidence to say that for sure it's actually connected with the UFOs that have been tracked on radar and so on. It's certainly part of the UFO field. It's part of ufology studies in general, but um, that's just my take on it. Something strange is going on, but what exactly it is? It could be related to hauntings and all of the rest of it, but I am not entirely sure what to make of that. Jeff, what's your take on abductions? I have to kind of agree with Randall about we have to be careful and skeptical about the types of abduction stories that we get. To me, it's kind of how the story comes from how the witness conveys the story if the witness is claiming that you know they're they've been a lifelong abductee contactee what have you then to me that raises the the skeptical level considerably higher but when you're talking about somebody like travis walton's instance where you know it was kind of a one-time deal and walton will even tell you that he thinks that it was kind of a rescue operation that he was taken aboard this craft and what have you and nursed back to health and then dropped off someplace near his residence that to me holds a lot more credibility that if we are talking about in the ufo field nuts and bolts craft and you know these beings somehow were have been watching us and came across travis and caused harm to him inadvertently and then took him up and and healed him back and then dropped him back to 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 earth that holds a lot more credibility than i've been chosen to communicate a message to all of mankind and you know it's of peace and love and tranquility and all this other good stuff so i think that to me the filters are set really high when it comes to the abduction experience and abduction phenomenon and 
I tend to be extremely skeptical about the whole thing. Okay, so we have the emissary who says they talked to E.T., they had this experience, they have a message to present. Not unlike religious revelations going back through the centuries. So if it's not E.T. causing it, is it something in their mind? Are they interacting with some kind of outside power, Jeff? Again, I remain skeptical on that. I think it's people, honestly, truthfully, just calling attention to themselves. They want to put themselves in a place higher and in, in, in more import than who per, perhaps they really are. You know, why, if you're being communicated to from a higher power, higher entity for this all-important message for mankind and humanity, why would they pick, you know, a lonely, bored housewife from Wisconsin? You know, yeah, why? who lives in the suburbs. Uh, it, you notice how it always, it always is, it's a suburban thing. There's not very many abduction reports uh, that are credible, I think, from urban areas. Most of these are uh, rural uh, encounters, and I think a majority of them would be, um, you know, th- this is a joke. Okay, Divorced, so you're saying then that because I live in a fairly large city, I will never be abducted. I feel better. <laughs> Dean, what's your take about abductions? I agree with Jeff. I don't know. Um, I just don't... I don't get it. Why... Yeah, I, it's exactly what Jeff said. It's uh, I think it's bored housewives and types things like that trying to just elevate their own living standard or life's experiences to something more than it is. So, if you're a best-selling author like Whitley Strieber, did you just make it all up to sell some books? Uh, I honestly don't know. Uh, I'm I'm open-minded to it, though. If uh, if we can come up with some proof, then uh, so be it. Um, yeah. I haven't seen anything real credible yet. Well, he does have he does have my first UFO sighting uh, that he's never acknowledged. Um, although I did mention this to him years ago, uh, it was with a group of five other college students, uh, just roughhousing at night on the playground or the the football field rather at New Paltz University, and we had a multiple object sighting on a weekend that he claims in, in communion that that. Uh, you know, he had uh, quite a, an amazing experience. Uh, I think it was the the night the sounds went wrapping around his house. This would have been the third Friday of September 1970. Let's see. I'd have to check my own notes, but in the late 70s, 78 or 79. Gogs, what's your take on abductions? Um, well, if, if E.T. does exist and he's visiting here, I have no problem to believe that some abductions may take place, but the sheer numbers reported by a lot of American citizens are ju- I just find that just you know incredible no chance um, and also there's the there's this, the side of it from sleep paralysis i've experienced sleep paralysis quite a few times myself and on one of these occasions i could I could almost swear I was taken to somewhere with a lot of other people and out out of the corner of my eye, I was seeing some kind of beings now i don 't think for a minute that I was abducted, but I can really see how someone could be convinced that they had been because when you have sleep paralysis and you have these kind of out of body experiences they 're just as real as real life at the time, so whether it 's in the head, so I think there may be a little bit of um, it's it's in the head sleep paralysis. There could be a little bit of uh, you know people seeking attention, and but I think there could be a core number of cases where you know if we were visiting another planet, 
we would probably be abducting the locals. There's a good episode of Star Trek where they're in the next generation where they're trying to remain hidden from a culture they're studying and they're, you know, they're behind some sort of magic screens of S4 type thing up in a rock formation and then their power fails and then the, the locals see that they are there and then they have to try and repair this. But we would do something like that if we were visiting another planet. So I have no problem thinking that if it is the case that there is ET or some other intelligent beings here that, you know, they may do it on occasion, but just not, not the numbers that we're hearing reported. And it seems to, seems to be that, that, that there seems less of it being reported now. Uh, maybe someone else can correct me there, but there seems to be, a, uh, I think that it reached a peak maybe in the 80s, 90s, around the X-Files time, and now it's dying right. off again. Yeah. Just to add something here quickly, I mean, I've, I've interviewed several thousand people um, concerning hundreds and hundreds, if not uh, well over a thousand events, and uh, you know, over a 10, 12 year period. And I find it very interesting. I only had two claims of abductions talking to all those hundreds and hundreds of people over that, you know, over a decade. So I find it interesting that if, if abductions were taking place in an area that has so many sightings, you would think that there would be more reports. There were a few visitation type reports, CE3s, uh, that sort of thing. But but the, the the lack of reports and claims of this type, uh, to me, is very telling. The thing I worry about all this is the researcher who specializes in abductions, and the abductions seem to take on the character of what they're investigating. So if they're looking for alien hybrids, they will get cases involving so-called alien hybrids. But when you're talking about millions of people being abducted, I have problems with that. I think, too, I'd like to point out that when Gordon said about, was he was talking about sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucinations and things of this nature, we see this a lot in the ghost hunting type of field, too. Um, inevitably, I've, I've done a lot of investigations where somebody said, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw the shadow hovering over me and I started screaming. And and anytime I hear, I woke up and I saw, in my mind, that, you know, hits a red flag right there. I'm thinking, well, okay, you were probably in a dream state still. And I usually ask them, well, how did it end? Where did the entity go? Um, you know, did it walk out of the room? Did it fade into the wall? And they say, well, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't there anymore. And I'm usually attributing that to, yeah, you know, you woke up enough that your brain started to take in your environment and the, the dream state was gone at that point in time. But... So I'm I'm always really leery about hearing uh, about abductions that happen in the middle of the night and so on and so forth when people were sleeping, just like I, I am when I hear ghost stories and ghost encounters from people in the middle of the night when they were sleeping. We're not in the middle of the night, but we're going to do a break in a moment. We have Jeff and Randall, Dean and Goggs. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is our listener roundtable. We did it four years ago, and now we're doing it again with a new round of guests. Jeff, we have Randall, we have Dean, we have Goggs or Gordon joining Gene and Chris. We're having a lot of fun here, and I thought... We're going to do a twist here, which is, of course, that we've been asking you, listeners, to comment on different issues in paranormal research, a little bit of discussion of global warming. But maybe for the next segment or two, you can ask questions of Chris and me. I didn't prepare Chris for this, by the way. So he's wondering, what do I have in mind? But we'll do our best. Let's open up the forum here. Jeff, got a question for me or Chris? Chris, how's your project going there in the valley? Well, it's, uh, you know, Gene is uh, hopefully going to get the SOV camera project feed up online. We've run into some bandwidth issues. Um, We're probably going to have to move our base station location because we don't have the uplink uh, bandwidth that we need. Unfortunately, the valley is pretty lame when it comes to available bandwidth. Um, This is changing, but... um, we're not going to be able to add any any additional cameras until we can get some more bandwidth. We have just recently gotten our third camera. Only one of them is up right now. Uh, we're working on getting our sky cam, which is going to be our triggering camera, which takes in the entire you know bowl of the sky, if you will. It's it's been going in fits and starts. We've 
got some grant proposals that we've put out there. Um, we need money and we need bandwidth. And it's really difficult to do something on less than a shoestring because everybody is volunteering their time and it's really hard to dog people who aren't getting paid. So, you know, we're, I think the vision is sound. We do have some gear. Uh, we're being handcuffed by bandwidth right now, but but we're looking forward to moving moving ahead with the project in, in fits and starts. But but it is it is still going and ongoing. Wouldn't it be nice if we had some rich person out there send us a couple of hundred thousand dollars or so for you to put up those cameras and send all the bandwidth you need? Oh boy, that that would be sweet. Well, there you go, Jeff. Another question? Um, I was just going to comment at or kind of a follow up question, I guess, on the valley. Is it is it still super active? Do you still have a high frequency of events? Uh, it's not to the levels that we saw from, let's say, 92 through 96. I mean, I, I got as many as 17 calls in one day at the height in the mid-90s. It has dropped off some, but we do still have that you know, average of one or two sightings a month. We've been working on a, an interesting uh, series of flying humanoid reports that are coming from the western side of the center point, part of the valley over in the Del Norte South Fork area. We still have our orb sightings. A lot of times they're daylight silver orbs. We do have our amber light sightings, which are fairly common. I think a lot of these sightings are just going just going downriver, and people aren't reporting them because, quite frankly, it's part of their everyday reality, and it's not that big of a deal, I think, for most people. So they don't make an effort to, to alert somebody. We do want – we have a new uh, radio show um, called The Real Grand Files that's being aired uh, my Field investigator Thomas Pay has a show. Um, this is a really good way for us to keep the network of sky watchers in touch with one another. Obviously, not living there, I'm not able to devote the kind of quality time to ferret out and follow up on some of the some of these reports. I think the activity is still there. I think it's uh, higher than uh, than normal for most uh, rural areas. I, I think people are very kind of complacent about it, though. I don't think we're getting the you know, because we don't have a lot of uh, news coverage and the media is not touting this stuff, we're, we're keeping a real low profile, that um, that has a, a tendency to dampen down people's enthusiasm to report things that they see, which is, you know, it's it's a blessing in disguise, really. Gogs, you have any questions? Yeah, I've got uh, two questions. I'll give them both at the same time. Just to add on to there, will the San Luis Valley camera project have a night vision component and what does Chris think about that and also to both of you do you believe that the Norway spiral was a failed Russian rocket test? Mm, yeah, Both good questions. We do have a supplemental uh, part of our um, business plan if you will, our, our, uh, our equipment funding needs. There are some very good forward-looking infrared uh, cameras, a 1,000-millimeter one that's about $35,000. We do have someone that's mentioned they'd love to get at least one of those there. Of course, when the check clears the bank and we get uh, clearance to have this particular piece of gear from, uh, <laughs> I think, the government, uh, then I can maybe tout it. But um, we haven't figured into the initial budget anything for nighttime. We're going to be sticking with straight optics. We feel our best scientific data will be daylight sightings. However, with a 1,000-millimeter lens, you're able to pick up the body heat of a person from about 18 to 20 miles away. So that would be the ideal. Um, the nighttime stuff, as I said again, is, is not quite as important uh, at this juncture right now as the daytime stuff. But, but we do have a whole you know, part of our business plan that does take, uh, take that into account. 
Chris, you want to give your reaction to the Norwegian spiral? This is from 2009. You know, I'm, I'm really not sure what to make of it. Um, I, I love the coincidence of uh, Barack Obama getting his Nobel Peace Prize, um, I think, the, the day before or something or the, that afternoon. You know, I haven't really done the kind of digging into that that maybe I would have uh, in years past. Um, I, I know a lot of people did, did dig into it. I have a hard time believing that something that just visually looking at it, it's it, it was a pretty perfect spiral. I mean, there was very, very little variation. Uh, it, it it looked too too good to be uh, something like an errant rocket st- uh, or missile launch in, in my you know in my estimation. So, for I, example, just, the good. Russians saying that it was a failed missile test. You don't go for that. No, I don't. Plus, plus the the actual trajectory of the missile test doesn't match or conform to where the actual event occurred, uh, based on the little that I know about it. One of those mysteries. Chalk it up. Dean, questions? Yeah, Chris, I think we share an interest in uh, out-of-place artifacts. What do you feel is uh, one of the more significant uh, artifacts that seem to be out-of-place? Well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, man, I, I think the the archaeological finds of uh, extremely large humanoid, uh, pop- possibly Caucasian giants in North America, uh, many of which in the 19th century featured double rows, rows of teeth. I, I think that, that races of giants, um, indication that we have had uh, extremely uh, tall and, and much larger humanoids on the planet, I think that this is the kind of of physical evidence that if it's uh, properly studied can can show us a lot and tell us a lot. I mean, obviously, the uh, the spark plug inside the geode, uh, I, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. The figurine they found, you know, at the bottom of a, of a, a test uh, drilling at a coal mine, perfectly carved figurine. Uh, there's so many. Um, I really wouldn't know... <laughs> You know, a dinosaur found in an alluvial plain that's only it's less than a million years old, a perfect uh, articulated dinosaur skeleton. Uh, there's so many, and, and they're very fascinating. Of course, I do, I do. Um, you know, in terms of the archaeological side of this, I do recommend uh, Michael Cremo's book, uh, Forbidden Archaeology. There's there's several good books on this subject, and I think it's a very overlooked uh, subject in in uh, scientific inquiry and i think science uh, has very conveniently sort of you know swept a lot of these uh, very these zoom parts under the rug i think uh, in a disingenuous sort of way dean a second question uh yeah um my actually my true passion is photography and uh, a lot of it is uh, blues musicians and i'm active in uh, promoting a blues festival in the area and I understand Chris was a musician at one time. Can you tell us more about that? Well, I still am a musician. Um, I compose soundtracks. Um, I do uh, quite a bit of uh, of work uh, in the video realm. Um, I have a whole kind of library of, of uh, material that I slap on and off of projects. Um, I did play in a rock and roll uh, environment for many years. Um, in fact, I had a a band laughing buddha in the rocky mountains that was was pretty big deal we recorded uh, an album and had a pretty good sized following was getting some regional airplay i've always been a big fan of the blues um i'm a kind of a amateur blues uh aficionado and historian we'll get into um, more of chris's musical pursuits 
I have no musical pursuits to mention except being a radio disc jockey many, many, many years ago. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. Then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop, creative radio ads, very affordable rates, millions of potential customers, and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Injuries, slow healing, aches and pains, constipation, weakness, fatigue are all common the older one gets. The progressive deterioration of the body that occurs almost universally the older one gets can partly to significantly be prevented with conscientious attention to nutrition. If the Hansel men can play rugby in their 90s, then it is possible for everyone in North America to experience a more youthful life as well. One key ingredient to warding off aging and reversing some of it is the type and quality of protein consumed. All protein foods or supplements you currently 
currently consume are heat damaged, destroying 50 to 75% of your ability to utilize the bodybuilding amino acids. One World Way is not heat damaged and allows your body to utilize 100% of the amino acids. This feat no one else has achieved. The results to your health can be amazing. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast Listeners Roundtable, this is fun. We're going to do it much more often because look at the smart listeners we have. Dean, Jeff, Randall, Gordon. Really amazing. Chris, you were talking about your music. Yeah, I've, I've always been a real fan of British blues. Of course, I was a, a real Zepp head in high school, uh, a real Clapton fan. I, I loved the Rolling Stones when they came out when I was very little. I was listening to Eric Burden and, and you know, some of the early uh, early British sort of revival blues, electric blues bands. Um, I, I just... I've written a number of blues songs, one of which uh, got kind of a bit of no- notoriety in the uh, Rocky Mountain Club circuit. I called it the Crawling King Snake, and I'd crawl around on the floor <laughs> and bite girls on the knees under the table. That's Chris's version of Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Snakes yeah, on the Floor. It was my homage to Jim Morrison, basically. It's kind of a, it was a send-up to uh, a couple of Doors tunes, but... I, again, I do. I love the blues. I think it's one of the purest forms of Americana, uh, blues and jazz. I think, you know, throw a little country and bluegrass in there and you have rock and roll. There you go. You're just a singer in a rock and roll band. Randall, questions? Well, this one's a little on the fly here. Uh, so uh, both you and Chris are advocates of something other than the ETH, and that's in contrast with the prevailing view. And what I'd like to know is if you really think the rationale in favor of something other than the ETH is sufficient to displace it, or if you're just encouraging us to look at other possibilities. And to add to that, you two both have such an impressive history in the field of ufology, and it's why I follow the Paracast. It's just an amazing show with a lineup that is a literal who's who of everybody that's been anything in the field. And so where did the metamorphosis take place? Is there a defining point when you switched from, well, these are nuts and bolts craft that seem to be coming here from another place in our space-time to who knows what exactly? You know, with me, we've talked about this with Alan Greenfield. We had this conversation in a hotel room in New York City back in the 1960s. We were just talking about things. We weren't consuming any weird beverages. We weren't smoking any weird substances or smoking anything at all. It was one of those three o'clock in the morning kind of things where you have an epiphany and you start talking about it. And I won't go into detail now because this has been presented in my editorials in the Paracast newsletter, in Caveat MTOR, the magazine I did in the 70s and 80s, and also some of the writings of Alan Greenfield and in his discussions on the show. So it's a matter of going through the evidence and saying, is it all or partly ET, or should we look at other conclusions as to what might be? I think part of it is we do not have the final proof of what UFOs are. We have the sightings, we have 
things that seem to be almost beyond the laws of physics in the way they maneuver. We have apparent metallic aircraft, but that doesn't prove where they're from. It's not, we can't explain it, it has to be E.T. We have to continue to look into other possibilities. And in the end, it may be multiple possibilities. Chris? Yeah, I I absolutely agree, Gene. Um, My own personal experiences, I think, probably had had the most dramatic impact on my thinking. When I first uh, began investigating uh, sightings that were occurring around uh, my area in southern Colorado in the early 90s, I was convinced, um, like everybody, uh, like most people, I should say, that these are, you know, alien spacecraft, these were ETs coming down, mutilating cattle, freaking out uh, farmers. And then I had the yellow helicopter event and other events that had a, a quality of synchronicity and a, a quality of tricksterism that just does not conform to an ETH uh, uh, scenario. I mean, it could, I guess, in, in if you really stretch the thing and, and become a special destiny person, uh, which I refuse to do. But intensely personal events that have occurred to me have shown me that there are other possible explanations. And, and as Gene ended his uh, answer, I think it's a multiple scenario, multiple agenda, uh, kaleidoscope of, of phenomenal events and players. I, I don't think one size fits all. I never factor out the ETH, but I think it's important that we exhaust all closed system possibilities before we jump off planet. And the thing that bothers me so much about the UFO field, and you guys can jump in and add your own comments to it, the thing that bothers me is we've made so little progress. And more and more I look at stuff that was written 40, 50 years ago from various UFO researchers of the time, and I say, you know what? Where have we gone? Why have we gone nowhere? And is it because we were just too inclined to reach a single point of view and then for the rest of our lives seek to prove it? But let's ask our guests what they think about UFO origins. So we'll turn the tables back to you. Jeff, what do you think about UFOs, E.T. or what? I have to agree with um, you and Chris and a lot of the other guests that I've heard on the Paracast where they've said that it's probably a conglomeration of of sourcing. If ETs are coming from extraterrestrial origins, if they're if they're traveling, you know, thousands, millions of light years to get here, then by definition they're going to be time travelers. They're going to be possibly multidimensional travelers. So that would explain a little bit of this odd type of phenomenon that we see when ufos are encountered and experienced but um i'm i'm certainly open to as chris calls it a closed system sourcing that we're seeing that that they are maybe a race of beings that were here long before humans or you know came here and then made their home here long before we even developed as a species so either way i do like the ETH for its pop culture perspective. I get into that sometimes, but I understand that's just entertainment and may not be what's really going on. Okay, we touched on crypto-terrestrials there for a bit. Gogs, what's your take? I probably started out as a nuts and ETH kind of guy, um, probably more over actually since the time that, that I've been listening to the Paracast, I'm more open to other possibilities and the, that the possibility that there might, might be several, you know, concurrently running explanations. But I also keep thinking that there might be, you know, one overarching explanation for the whole lot that we 
cannot. We, we are like almost physically or mentally incapable of comprehending. You know, it it could just be something too too much outside of human experience for us to even you know get a grasp at. But there does seem to be a physical component. You know, you can uh, look at Stanton Freeman. He will always rattle off the landing trace cases. And if you believe uh, Dr. Roger Lear, the, the the implants that he's removing, these kind of things, there definitely seems to be a physical component. But there's also this mystical side. For instance, is the, the, the sheer variety of things seen in the sky, the types of crafts. I I can't believe that even, you know, 10 different races visiting here could account for the the variety of things seen in the sky and, and, and experiences that are being related, you know. Maybe they have, Gogs, a major spaceship building industry. Like, we have multiple car brands, they have multiple brands of spaceships. I think I'm being half serious there, but, you know, we have Ford, we have Kia, Hyundai, Honda, etc. Well, we think on the other planets they have all these companies making spaceships, different models, different years. <laughs> With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Preparedness is simple when you have the right stuff. And with the looming threat of economic collapse and possible service interruption, it's time to get the best-in-class preparedness stuff at DisasterStuff.com. DisasterStuff.com has been serving smart preppers for over 15 years with quality products like Berkey water filters. DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. And as always, free shipping on all Berkey products. Stock up on water barrels and accessories. Get Country Living or Wonder Mill grain mills, Excalibur food dehydrators, Tatler reusable canning lids, sun oven solar cookers, EMP bags to protect sensitive electronics, and don't be without your life straw personal water filter, all from DisasterStuff.com. Preparedness is simple with the right stuff from DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Land in Buenos Aires, then a shuttle to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. 
one-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more, all more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch, GoldenStagSafaris.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, this is the Listener's Roundtable, getting opinions about the UFO mystery. Who have we missed here? We got Randall? Yeah, I started off with that, but I think what we're getting into now is sort of the semantics problem here. Uh, When we're talking about UFOs, we're not talking about some vague light off in the distance. We're going back to the dawn of the modern era where engineers and scientists at the Air Technical Intelligence Center were talking about reports from pilots that were chasing metallic objects. We're talking about statements made by the USAF that were of objects of unknown origin that were tracked on radar. So what I see increasingly happening is that we're getting these sort of fuzzy related events that aren't really central to the topic of ufology. They're more of a a fringe topic, but they're being kind of shoved in there and saying, well, okay, um, ETH doesn't solve all of those mysteries, and it doesn't. But at the same time, we're saying, well, the ETH doesn't solve a lot of paranormal mysteries. And that I could go for, but when we're dealing with UFOs, we're not dealing with all of these other things. Like I think I've mentioned before, we're not dealing with yellow helicopters. Yellow helicopters are yellow helicopters. They're not UFOs. All right, but once you determine that a craft, Randall, is unknown, that's where you go. It doesn't tell you where it's from, and even if it's a singular phenomenon separate from the ghosts and all the other stuff, it doesn't tell you where it's from, does it? Well, I think it's safe to say that when there's no man-made or natural phenomena that we can explain with our modern technology, that it's safe to say that it's well, not Well, that we culture. know of. We, you need the caveat there that, uh, you know, Richard Dolan, Joe Farrell, there's been a number of very, very good researchers that have come up with a 
pretty interesting body of evidence that suggests that we have had exotic technology and, and technological capabilities since it, it, possibly even the 30s. So there is a another potential explanation that we really haven't touched on, and that is that it could actually be terrestrial technology masquerading as something ETH. Not a chance when you look at the ultra-high performance things that we've seen out there. There's just not sufficient evidence to prop up that hypothesis at all. Certainly not with the thing that I saw or a number of other people. We're not talking about a few people. We're talking about a lot of people. We're talking about giant motherships. Right, but... Randall, we only have two segments, so I'm going to break in. I get your point, that there have been a lot of compelling cases showing metallic aircraft intelligently controlled, doing all sorts of things. We are not doubting any of that because that's a core of the UFO mystery. They leave trace evidence. They're being photographed. Everything like that, Randall. It does not, however, prove where they're from. It only proves that they exist and they're real. Yeah proves that they're alien to our civilization. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're from another planet, but they're definitely alien in origin to us. We don't know where they come from. We don't know what they are. That makes it alien to us. Okay, alien to us does not presume an origin. We'll go for that. Dean, what do you think? I believe it's probably beyond our grasp uh, of understanding. Uh, It's they could just be materializing uh, from another dimension. Uh, I think if they were traveling here from uh, another planet close by, we would be tracking them a little easily. It would be easier to track them here and uh, follow their progress through space on their way here, just like we're tracking asteroids and things of that nature. Well, then, of course... Even if they're tracking them, they wouldn't tell us unless, of course, you have amateur astronomers who might. Well, that's, yeah, I agree. Um, And there are a lot of amateur astronomers who have capabilities of a certain amount of tracking. Uh, I think some of the photographs of these objects near the sun are really intriguing. Um, I don't know if anybody else has been following those types of observations. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think again, getting back to Gene's point, that it, it seems to be uh, uh, multiple players going on here. I, I always love the, the explanation Terrence McKenna used to give when asked about the origin of UFOs and, and the whole idea of extraterrestrials. And he, he always, uh, it struck me his answer. He said, well, perhaps, w- w- and I think someone already echoed this earlier, but perhaps whatever it is, is so incredible and so amazing and so beyond our cap- capability to understand that it's masquerading as E.T. just so that we can uh, give it some sort of context. Well, we tend to hear that, that sort of reasoning used a lot uh, by religious people to explain why we can't understand God. I think human beings are pretty smart and that if we use logic and intelligence and reason, we can examine these cases and we can look and go, okay, let's look at the basic fundamentals here. How are you going to construct one of these giant crafts here on Earth without anybody knowing about it? It's just not reasonable to propose that that's being done. Okay. The Phoenix Lights uh, object, uh, I don't think, was ours. Uh, And if it was ours, it may have been ours from the future coming back or something. Unfortunately, I was inside watching a basketball game and went right over the motel I was staying at, and I missed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't see the Phoenix Lights either. I was busy writing a technology book about Macs or something or other. I read it in the newspaper the next day. Oh, well. Where can you go with that? Let me throw another set of questions out there for our guests. We have about a segment and a half left. I'm going to ask you something to really commit here. Dean, you're on the table here. What do you think was, first, the worst episode of the PowerCast you ever heard? It could be last week. You never know. And what do you think the best one was other than this one? Dean? (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a tough one. There's been some pretty bad ones. There's been some good ones, too. Um, I think... uh, I think the very last one uh, with Werner was probably the worst. Um, the best, boy, I, I enjoy so many of them. I, 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 I enjoy all of them. Um, so I really couldn't pinpoint the best one. I did, uh, I did enjoy the Greer ones and you guys grilling him. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like them all. Thank you for listening and thank you for participating in our forums. Gogs, what is your favorite Paracast episode and what do you think was the worst one? And again, we can accept last week as a possibility. Well, in terms of best, um, a lot of my favorite ones maybe had touched on Skinwalker. Walker Ranch, just because it's, you know, there's so much things going on there and Chris's own knowledge. I quite liked a lot of the Jim Mosley shows because he just had this, you know, encyclopedic knowledge and he had been there and done that, a bit like yourself with a lot of the characters in ufology, which is my main interest. And I I, I don't know about a worse show, but one of the funniest of, you know, kind of disasters was the Aaron Kaplan show because that guy was just... I know, I remember Chris <laughs> could not stop laughing during that and I, I was laughing listening to it. It was, it was great in a really bad way. And that's me. <laughs> yeah, Joshua Shapiro was up there too. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, we have to think of the guests who are not coming on the PowerCast, and we think we can get some really fascinating episodes with them. Of course, there's a big thread going on now in the PowerCast forums where they're talking about Whitley Strieber. And Whitley Strieber, of course, as Chris can attest, seems to forget previous encounters with he and I. For example, <laughs> when I was publishing Caveat mTOR in the late 80s and early 90s, the final issues... We exchanged ads with the Communion Foundation and Streber. But Whitley didn't recognize that, didn't remember that he had met me at a couple of events in New York, didn't even remember a couple of times he agreed to come on the show. He seemed to forget, or maybe he had second thoughts, you never know. We have other reactions to our best and worst episodes coming up on our listeners' roundtable. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Looking back on 2012, we ask ourselves, how did we ever survive from natural disasters like Hurricane Sandy and the devastating summer drought to the family hardships brought on by a disastrous economy? Our hearts go out to those that have lost everything. At eFoods Direct, we hear from customers every day that are fortunate enough to weather life's storm by having a supply of food on hand. After Hurricane Sandy, Danny from New York City wrote, almost all of the grocery stores are closed, but I managed to get my eFoods just in time to be able to help my sister and niece. It is better to be prepared 10 years too early than one day too late. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Heed the warnings and do what Alex has done. Call 800-409-5633 today or go to efoodsdirect.com slash Alex and build your food supply. It's the best tasting non-GMO long-term storable food on the planet. Call 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com slash Alex. You can bet your life on efoodsdirect. Is this the year you finally get serious about your family's drinking water? If so, keep listening for a special offer from Big Berkey Water Filters. Did you know that over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated? Berkey Water Filters distinguish themselves from many other filtration systems with the capability to significantly reduce dangerous chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, and disinfection byproducts from municipal water via the Black Berkey and PF line of filters. Then there's affordability. At only 1.7 cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify treated and untreated water, even stagnant pond water. Stop and think how much money you could save by simply Reducing buying bottled water and using water filtered by your Berkey water filter. No need to be constantly replacing expensive filters with a Berkey. A single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. Choose the best size Berkey for your needs at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And right now, all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Just call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Free shipping on every order over $50. Big Berkey Water Filters. For the love of clean water. Howdy folks, Pharmacist Ben here, nutritional pharmacist and skincare chemist. If you've heard me on my daily health and wellness program, The Bright Side, you know I'm on a mission to spread the good news about the power of nutritional supplementation to correct your health care challenges and get you feeling vital and healthy once again. I want you to call 877-279-9422 and check out the powerful, affordable line of nutritional products from Longevity, the ones I take and the ones I recommend. That's 877-279-9422 or go to www.gcnminerals.com. 
Pharmaceuticalgroups.com. Why simply mask your symptoms with toxic pharmaceutical drugs when you can address causes with vitamins and minerals? I suggest the Healthy Start Pack. It gives your body the essential 90 nutrients it needs. Most people notice a difference right away. You can sign up to help me spread the good news of health and wellness without drugs and maybe make a little money too. And while you're there, don't forget to check out my important video message. That's GCNminerals.com or call 877-279-9422. And remember, friends, good nutrition is good medicine. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we're talking to four of our active listeners and participants in our forums, Jeff, Randall, Dean, and Goggs. Jeff, the best and worst episodes. I, I have to say that probably the worst one was last week's with Werner Bach, um, only because of recent memory. I'm sure there were others. Uh, but that was, like I said, I've only listened to about half of it, and i um, not sure I'm going to be able to get through the other half, but I'll try. I'll try. Um, one of the best, I think, was the Stephen Bassett episode where he just went off and 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 did the whole principal thing where you mess with the, the bull, you're going to get the horns, pal. I mean, that, that was one of the best... That was one of the best lines I think I've ever, I've ever heard on the show. Um, that that always makes me laugh just because he got so upset. But um, he deserved to uh, to to be put in his place, I think, a little bit. So, yeah, that was that was a good episode, I think. Randall, what's your take? It's really hard to to pick out specific shows, but uh, in general, you know, I, I like Stan Friedman because I really like a good rant, and and he's always got such a good rant. He's I think Friedman because he's got his stick down pat, and I really love a good rant. Uh, we can't forget Brad Steiger. I love Brad Steiger's stuff, his books, his the the way he talks. He's such a great storyteller. Um, I really like the episode with Alexander and Friedman, but but some of my really favorite stuff is when you and Chris talk shop. I just love that stuff because you reminisce about being in all the places I wish I could have been when I imagined being part of the ufology scene down there. Um, and the worst, well, I think they're the ones with some of these technical problems like uh, static and you can't hear the person's voice or their USB cable comes unplugged, um, stuff like that. But other than that, I really enjoy them all. You know, one of the things here that's so difficult with a show like this is we're talking to guests around the world. We have to depend on the quality of their connection. It's not always very good. And even then, you know, there's only so much you can do in post-production to clean up the audio. And I've tried. I know there was one episode we had this Australian UFO researcher. The connection was really bad, and I spent a lot of time trying to clean it up. And I am amazed that people were able to even understand this guy. Yeah. That was a Bill Chalker one, I think. That's right. I'd like to get him back on, only if we yeah. can get a connection that we can understand. Good researchers. Some of my favorites have been Stan Gordon, uh, some of his stuff, uh, his work, the Jacques Vallée uh, appearance, uh, I will always uh, hold fondly uh, in memory. Uh, there's been quite a few. Uh, some of the older shows, There's there was <laughs> the Bill Nell episode, uh, will go down, I think, uh, as one of the best of ever episodes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, doing the show. And also, forum.theparacast.com. You guys have really brought 
a level of, of sophistication and and really insightful thinking. I, I learned so much from you guys and, and the other posters on the forums, and, and you really hold my feet to the fire when you think it's appropriate and, and I should <laughs> be uh, be held accountable for some of my... Uh, my uh, offhand uh, comments at times, and, and we really do appreciate you guys. We want to do this more often. I, I think this is a, a way to get uh, some inter- interactivity going on. We're also planning on on doing some shows where we have uh, actual call-in uh, you know, potential uh, during the actual taping so that we could uh, take and field some phone calls. So this is uh, kind of opening it up a bit, and we really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Well, thanks a lot. We really appreciate being appreciate being here. I'm sure. And we hope you don't end up like the people who participated in our 2009 episode, where within months after they participated, their forum participation kind of ended. And it's not for that. I think with forums and anything you do on a volunteer basis, now you're busy with real life, and you're doing this at your leisure, or maybe you're doing it as Lance Moody is. Lance Moody is a video editor. And he's involved in rendering his video productions. So what can I do? I don't know. I'll hang out at the Paracast forums. Yeah, let me go dog Chris at the, on, the, on the forums. <laughs> right, he'll raise a little hell. And you also find, too, that the people you talk to, and I had no preconceptions about any of you, but you, know, you don't always know what the person is like in a forum because if you're anonymous or semi-anonymous, you may behave totally differently than suddenly well at least it's your first name and we kind of know who you are and now you're on the radio but all of you act like you've been on the radio before because you're really articulate you're really knowledgeable and i was able to throw any question at you and have a discussion and it was great in fact what we might also consider doing is maybe having a listener every so often as just a regular panelist on the show as we bring on a guest we bring on somebody from the forums to be part of the panel Kind of in the tradition of Long John Nebel. Long John Nebel used to have all these people who would be regulars on the show. They'd be part of the panel. And if John wasn't digging into somebody, he'd get one of his favorites. Like one of the guests he had was the late Kai D, who was actually a European actor who always played Orientals. And I should mention Kai D because he was known on TV in the original Hawaii Five-0. He was Woe Fat, the arch villain. Oh, he was. Right. Right. He was also the arch villain in another way, the Korean or Chinese psychiatrist in The Manchurian Candidate, the movie with Frank Sinatra, the original one in the 60s. That was Kai D. And he was a regular on The Long John Show. Very knowledgeable about every subject, you know, could really rip into a guest. And I think it'd be fun if we did something like that. Now, all of you have different pursuits we'd like to give you a moment or two to talk about. We know Randall, of course, has an organization. Randall, if our listeners want to know more about the things you do, where do they go? Well, they go to ufopages.com. That's the USI website. That's a group that I started back in uh, the late 80s, and uh, we've got about 2,500 members worldwide. It's free to join. There's no obligations other than to have a genuine and constructive interest in the UFO phenomenon. So we've also got some great books and stuff there on our on our Amazon catalog that I have yet to make a dime off of. So if anybody shops on Amazon anyway, go and visit ufopages.com and and uh, pick up some stuff there. Really appreciate it. It uh, costs to keep this thing going. Gogs, do you have anything going or way our listeners can get a hold of you other than the forums? 
No, uh, the forum is probably my own, my only really online um, profile presence. Um, I've weaned myself off Facebook, so it's at the forum. That's it. I understand about Facebook. It's easy to get sucked in, and then you want to wean yourself. Dean Pixel Smith. Any place our listeners get a hold of you, or anything you have online? I have nothing to hawk um, at all. Um, I guess uh, I'd like a lot of the listeners to give me take away that I'm not the conspiracy nut that people think I am. That, I, that doesn't consume my life. Uh, I'm very into the music scene and uh, and uh, really uh, just uh, enjoy life in general and. And um, that's about it. Jeff, you and I are working on a project together. Now it yes. can be told. Tell us about it. Um, we are trying to get the um, UFO Watchdog website back up and uh, running. And I am uh, in the process when I have the opportunity, when I have the time, of organizing the information from the old site and uh, categorizing it appropriately and uh, making it into a presentable format that uh, can then be passed on to from generation to generation easily. Right now it's kind of all over the place. So, And then... Um, I also have my own uh, website. It's uh, sometimes I go out there and update it, but uh, it's theparahunter.net. Um, I have my stories from my five-year project uh, of investigating ghosts and hauntings, and it's got some personal information out there as well. Some extra stuff that I've done in the past um, that's not necessarily paranormal in, in, included in there. So. Now, I just wanted to tell our listeners, Chris is still working on improving OurStrangePlanet.com. Very soon you're going to have a storefront, right? You're going to be able to buy the books that you've written. Yeah. You'll That'd be able be to nice. buy the physical book, the e-book, even DVDs. Yes. OurStrangePlanet.com. And I'm working on something with my first wife, Geneva, Geneva Hagen. We're taking all 22 issues of Caveat MTOR magazine starting from 1971 through the early 90s digitizing it and making possibly a book collection of some of the great interviews we did with Ray Palmer and Richard Shaver and all sorts of fascinating people. You can find us on Twitter. We are known as The Paracast. You'll find us on Facebook. And a special thank you to Jeff, Randall, Dean, and Goggs. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Paracast. Dean. Thank you. Goggs. Thank you. Jeff. Thank you. It's been an honor. Randall. Thanks a lot, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>